Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. If you've been here on Wednesday nights and you've heard what went before, if you haven't, if you've been another, in another area on Wednesday night serving, we are glad to have you in this makeshift Wednesday night service. Hallelujah. I just feel led of the Lord to, uh, to pick up on some of the things that I said, have been saying on Wednesday night because it's pertinent to tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Last Wednesday night, we talked about different kinds of services. We pointed out in the New Testament that they didn't have all the same type of service all the time. We went through the book of Acts and we saw how at times the church got together and only to pray. That's all they did was pray. There wasn't any prophesying. There wasn't anybody running the aisles. They were praying. Remember when Peter was in jail and the angel came and and, uh, opened the doors and brought him outside the prison and outside the gates of the city. Then he came to himself, you know, and realized that this wasn't a vision, that he was actually free. And so it says that prior to that, that constant prayer was made and offered up by the church uh, for him. So he went to where they were praying. And that's when they were still praying. They weren't having cupcakes and, and, and coffee. They were still praying. So we saw that the church gathered, and we gave several illustrations where the church at times got together and they just prayed. It was a prayer service. And we do that on Monday nights. We get together and pray. We don't do anything else but pray. I showed that there were services where they got together and they just worshiped the Lord, ministered to the Lord. And that was the purpose of the service. They ministered to the Lord. And uh, we saw that there were uh, services, you know, where uh, they had outreach. In, In other words, it was an evangelistic crusade type setting and it was out in public. The apostles, you know, would take their position on the uh, Solomon's porch and there were thousands of people around and they, you know, would preach the gospel. And we saw that they had healing meetings and uh, they had miracle services. They had different kinds of uh, services. But then we talked about, but we didn't get very far into it, that there are believers meetings. And so we want to look at that tonight. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse number 23. <clears throat> Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or the uninformed person comes in, he is convicted by all, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren, verse 26, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. (coughs) If anyone speaks in a tongue, let let it be two or the most three. That's talking about people, not utterances, but people. Each in turn and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, 
but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Now what he's describing here uh, has been called a believer's meeting because you see uh, only believers are present. You see that it says, how is it then brethren, whenever you come together, in verse 23, when the whole church comes together. Now in a believer's meeting, uh, uh, it's not for reaching the lost and it's for believers to come together and bring whatever the Lord's given them. That's a believer's meeting. Now, an unbeliever may or may not come in. You know, we, we, our doors are open, of course, and we, we, we like people to visit us, you know, but the service isn't geared towards those on the outside. It's geared towards uh, Christians and towards this church. But I want you to notice in verse 26, it says, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Notice when they came to believers meetings, they brought something with them. Amen. In our day, most of the time, people come to church empty, hoping to get filled up. Amen. They don't come with anything. They're they're coming expecting to get something. Well, you know, uh, that's okay. I mean, you know, if you, if you just come to receive, come on and receive, praise God, because there's plenty for you. But on the other hand, if the whole church just comes to receive, then there's not gonna be what God wants because it, uh, a believer's meeting is not supposed to be a mon- uh, 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 monologue. It's not supposed to be me teaching all the time and just one person doing everything. Uh, it's where the, the, the body comes together and everybody comes with something. I just want you to see that. Verse 26, whenever you come together, how many had a psalm? Huh? Anybody over there? How many had a psalm? Each of them, all of them, yeah. It said all of you, each of you has a psalm. How many had a teaching? Everybody. Everybody had a a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Just let everything be done for edification. Then he gave some, some uh, he outlined some rules of, of uh, uh, order for the service. Now, everybody came with something, but everybody didn't give what they had. Amen. See, it says in verse number 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be two or at the most three. We would have to change that today and say, let there be at least two or three. <laughs> can, there, can there be at least two or three? Because we're not used to this. This is something the Lord wants the church to get back to. Amen. He wants us to get back to having New Testament style services, all the different, not just one kind. Sunday morning is different than Sunday night. It's, and, and Wednesday night is different than Sunday morning or Sunday night. Wednesday night is Bible study. That's a teaching service. We saw in the book of Acts where they got together and, and, and they taught the word of God. It was a teaching service. There's, there's a place for all of it. But we need to have believers meetings. Amen. And in a believers meeting, the believers again come with something. Psalms, hymns. This is not an exhaustive list. When it said psalms, you would add hymns and spiritual songs. The Lord gives uh, you a song, Brother Brad, you know, you just get up and, and give it. And whoever has a, 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 a 
tongue or an interpretation or a, a, a word of revelation or a prophecy or uh, an exhortation, all of the things that we see in the scriptures that we can have, all of those things can be part of a believer's meeting. Amen. We need to come with things. Now, I'll tell you how, how I first uh, uh, experienced this, and I started to tell this on Wednesday night of uh, last week, and we ran out of time. Uh, back in uh, my early uh, walk with the Lord as a young man, we got back in fellowship, Angela and I did, when uh, we were in our 20s, got back in fellowship with the Lord, started going to church again. And uh, uh, within, a, within a, a year or two, uh, the younger people in the church, we were really uh, fired up. We got a hold of Brother Kenneth Hagin's uh, materials and we were reading his materials and we were just getting full of the word and we were reading everything he had uh, in print at the time. It didn't, wasn't nearly as much as he ultimately produced before he went home to be with the Lord. He didn't have as many books, but we read all that he had. We read everything he had on faith. We read everything he had on prayer. We read everything he had on the spirit. He had a lot of stuff uh, in print and uh, tapes, cassette tapes on different aspects of the Holy Spirit. So we fed on those things. And, and, uh, and so there was a real uh, revival in the church among the younger people and uh, the older folks had prayed for this. And I didn't know this, but after I, because when I got back in the fellowship with the Lord, I went back to the same church that I had attended uh, as a teenager and really had been raised up in. And uh, then when I got away from the Lord, I quit going to church. When I came back, I started going back to that same church. And uh, uh, most all of the young people my age, the church lost. There was not a good program. And I've talked about that on Wednesday nights. You have to pass the things of the Spirit down to the next generation. That church hadn't done that. And so uh, young people my age, when we finally got old enough to leave home and, and weren't required to go to church anymore, we didn't come back. And the church suddenly... Uh, the people who were left, the older people, suddenly realized we have a real problem on our hands. All of our young people are growing up and leaving the church and never coming back. We, we've made some big mistakes here. So they started praying. I didn't know this. And they started, some of the ladies got together and started praying for a revival among young people. And so it happened. And, and uh, uh, several of us that had been in the church as uh, young people came back and then others came uh, from, from outside. And so there was a real move of God among the younger uh, people, uh, young adults and singles and young marrieds. And, uh, and after about a year or two, the Lord began to use me in uh, uh, speaking out a message in tongues. And, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, a learning experience. Notice it says in, in uh, verse number 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. There's a learning process to flowing with the Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit. You're, you're, you, you, anything you learn, you, you end up doing better than you did when you, were first, when you first started, isn't that right? And so you have to have the courage to step out and learn something. When I first started driving, I was 14 years old and I would, I would steal my mama's car in the middle of church, I'd slip out and take my mom's car. She didn't know I was doing it, and I'd drive around Jacksonville. I was 14 years old. And I remember one time I had a girl with me, and uh, she was sitting real close next to me. 
And I was driving and I thought, boy, I'm big man on campus, you know. Got, actually, it was my brother's girlfriend. We won't get into that. <laughs> he was away at college. Anyway, uh, I, I remember we were driving somewhere and, and I got, you know, just kind of excited about what was going on, you know, and, and uh, we were on cl- completely on another side of town, you know, and, 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 and I made a, I was gonna turn around and go see somebody, you know, go drive somewhere, and I ran right up on the curb, almost hit a, a, a you know, a street sign there and ran back down on the road. All I'm saying, all I said that for was to tell you when you first started driving, you might've run up on the curb a few times. And I remember doing that that night. And, uh, but I didn't quit driving even after it was legal. I kept on driving. So, you know, anything you do, you have to learn. And when you're learning, you make some mistakes. Isn't that right? And, uh, and it's, the same, it's the same way with the things of the Spirit. And so if you're not willing to step out and, and, and act on the prompting, of, the prompting of the Spirit, you'll never learn anything. Amen. Now, you can learn a little bit by watching others, but you, you really never learn until you do it yourself. Amen. So the church here, it says in, in the New Testament church, when they had a believer's meeting. Now, like I said, every service is not a believer's meeting. But when it's a believer's meeting, people came with something. And so the Lord had, had uh, uh, used me, uh, uh, started using me and giving messages in tongues. Now, I didn't interpret back then. There were others in the church that interpreted, and I let them. Uh, I would just speak out, you know, message in tongues, and, and somebody else would interpret. And uh, at first, our pastor... Uh, he was there the first couple of years after I got back in the fellowship with the Lord and then he uh, moved and went to another, uh, took another assignment and another pastor came. Well, the first pastor that was there for those first two years, he moved in the spirit. He, he moved in uh, interpretation of tongues and prophecy and these other things. And so whenever someone would give him a, a, an utterance in tongue, a message in tongues, he would interpret. And, uh, and then there were a few others that did. But uh, then he moved away and took another assignment. Another pastor came, and this pastor wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, familiar with the operation of the Spirit. He was a good man, godly man, and, uh, and so forth, but he didn't personally operate in any gifts of the Spirit. And so it fell more to uh, the lay people to step up then, and so uh, folks did, and so there were different ones that would interpret and sometimes give prophecies. But uh, I remember one particular time uh, I started to tell this on Wednesday night. I had been, after a few years, a couple, three, four years, they had given me the assignment of uh, being the director of the Wednesday night's program. Well, that was a misleading title because I really didn't direct anything. I emceed the service. It was my job to open the service. I'd usually open with prayer, call people who wanted to come to the choir to come to the choir, turn it over to the choir director. He'd lead the uh, praise and worship. And then I would get up again and I would receive the offering, make the announcements and dismiss everybody to go to their classrooms. We did this on Wednesday night. Had about 30 minutes uh, of, uh, of singing and announcements and offering and so forth. And then everybody went to classes and the adults stayed in the main auditorium, most of them. And uh, there were classes for younger people. And my wife and I, when she started coming to church, we would go down to where the, where the singles were gathered, even though we were married. We were, uh, there was, huh? We were young enough to be single, that's for sure. And there weren't very many uh, married folks as young as us. And we fell out of place in the young marriage group because we were just teenagers, just barely over teenagers ourselves, early 20s. And uh, so, you know, we would all go to classes. Well, this particular week, 
the Lord started dealing with me and, and you have to understand, I didn't do this right 100%, but it was the best I could do under the, under the conditions. These operations of spirit, we didn't have believers meetings in this church. Uh, everything was scripted. Uh, everything was not necessarily scripted, but everything followed a routine every week. So you knew what was going to happen. You knew that with the, there was singing, there was an offering, there was preaching. And, uh, and I remember my friend and I, he, he was another young man that, that uh, uh, loved the Lord. And we, we uh, were uh, good friends and, you know, ministered the word back and forth to each other and just hungry for God. And, and so one, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday, he, uh, uh, we went to see somebody in the hospital. There was someone in the hospital. I don't remember who it was. But uh, uh, might have been Gary, I'm not sure. But we went to the hospital to, to visit somebody after work. We'd gotten off work and it was in the evening. We went to, to uh, the hospital. And while we were on the way to the hospital, I told Ralph, this friend of mine, I said, well, I've got the anointing for, for Wednesday night. He said, what are you talking about? And I said, I got a word from God for Wednesday night. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, I didn't tell him anything else about it. I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm prayed up, man. I, I've got a word from God. And what had happened in, in spending time with the Lord, just fellowshipping with him and uh, minister, you know, feeding on the word and spending time with prayer and worshiping the Lord, uh, the Spirit of God gave me something for a Wednesday night service. Well, the Wednesday night service wasn't, wasn't set up for that. Nobody was expecting anybody to bring anything except the teachers of the individual classes and the pastor. And uh, so I got to Wednesday night and... Uh, and I, and I prayed about it all day. The Lord had given me a text. I remember what it was. It was in Ephesians chapter four, talking about uh, the ministry gifts and how, not really, I wasn't really talking about ministry gifts. I wasn't in the ministry. But how that uh, uh, the, these gifts are given for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And it talks about in there how uh, uh, each one doing its part contributes to the growth of the body for the edification of itself in love. And I remember I took it out of the Phillips translation. I had bought, that was the very first translation, modern translation I ever bought. Uh, you know, after the, the, the King James, the first translation was the Phillips translation. I bought it at a local bookstore. And I remember that night, uh, you know, the service opened. I opened the service, you know, and, and with prayer, called people to come up to the choir and then the routine was after, while the choir's still seated, uh, it's my job to get up and receive the offering. Only instead, I got up and gave a teaching. Never been done before that I know of. And I really didn't, you understand, this isn't the best way to do it. It's, it's best to let the pastor know what you're doing. Okay, I'm, I, I wasn't a pastor at the time, and so I'm not, I'm not saying this is the best way to do it. But I didn't know how else to do it and so I just got up, took my text, and started talking. The pastor was sitting behind me over here, I think maybe over here, and, and I, I was very conscious of what kind of sounds were coming from behind me because when, when things weren't necessarily going right, you know, the pastor sometimes would, <clears throat> you know, clear his voice. And so I was real nervous because nobody did this. And yet the Spirit of God gave me something for the body. And I, you know, I guess I was, I guess I was afraid if I asked the pastor, he'd tell me, no, don't do it. So I just didn't ask him. Again, I don't recommend that. 
I didn't know any better, okay? And so I took my text and I mean, I, I think I talked about 10 minutes, maybe, maybe at, the, at the most. Were you there that night? You were there? Maybe 15 minutes. I don't, I don't think very longer than that. I took my text and I just encouraged the church. Now, the pastor was sitting behind me and I didn't really know what he was gonna say or if he was gonna get up and try to stop me. But as soon as I got into it, it was pretty clear that what I had to say was something he would agree with. I mean, I knew it would, don't, don't misunderstand me. I didn't think what I had was controversial. I knew it would be a blessing. I just didn't know how to, to do it. I didn't know how to jump into it. I didn't know how, if I should ask you know, permission because nobody ever did that, I didn't wanna take the risk of being told no. Again, I don't recommend this, but I just jumped into it. But the pastor, within just a few minutes, I could hear him say, amen. Because the word I was given was instructing the church to be all it could be. And I, I remember that growing up, I heard this phrase a lot. Well, nobody's perfect, you know, but brother so-and-so, you know, nobody's perfect, but, but, and it was always used an excuse. If somebody didn't do something right, maybe they got mad and, and uh, told somebody off or acted ugly, the, this, the excuse was made, well, you know, nobody's perfect. And brother, you know, he, you, you had to say that. I mean, if I was you, I'd have got bad too because we're not perfect. And, uh, and so I, I, I kind of talked about that and I said, you know, uh, we can be perfect. We can, we can have a perfect work of God in our church. And I talked about every, everybody doing their share and contributing to, to the welfare of the church and having, you know, and loving one another and, and so forth. And the pastor behind me, to my relief, started saying, amen, amen. So I knew I had him with me. And I just, you know, I was real nervous. And after about 10 minutes, I finally looked up. I mean, I was looking up, but I wasn't paying attention to what people were doing because I was so, you know, nervous. And to my utter amazement, people all over the congregation were weeping. I hadn't said anything to make them weep. I didn't say anything bad. But the Spirit of God so touched the congregation. I mean, I looked out and grown men and women all over the church were just weeping. The presence of God just settled in that place. And uh, I, I, it astonished me, to be honest with you. And, and, and yet it didn't in one sense because I came there that night with something from the Lord that God had given me for that congregation. It took, you know, 10 minutes or so. And, and the Spirit of God moved across that congregation. Uh, I gave an utterance in tongues and somebody interpreted it. And then I gave an altar call. I'm not even a minister. And I, did, I took over the service. Don't recommend it. I took over the service. <laughs> I took over the service and gave an altar call. And people came down to the front and, they, and, and it was a time of just uh, of, uh, of heart searching and, and, and the, the, the basics of the message was, you know, we're members of one another and we can be a good church and we can have God moving and, and we need to, to, to encourage one another and bring what we have into church and be all that we can be. And it, and it just touched people and they came to the altar and, and prayed and we had, a, we had a wonderful time. And then I said, well, I'm finished. And so we, I dismissed everybody and went to classes. The classes were short that night. But that made a, a, an indelible imprint on me and, and on that church 
and, and how it's not supposed to just be the professional preachers that do everything. The body can bring something. Amen. Now, in our church, we're open. Amen. You, you can come to me. And, and, you know, if you have something and you want to take, you know, an extended period of time, just let me know. You know, I'm open. I'm led by the Spirit. But in a service where, where we are like tonight, where we're just ministering to the Lord. Now, there are services where we'll just minister to the Lord and that's all we'll do. You know, we're going we're gonna to have more of those. And we just take the whole time, just minister to the Lord. But anytime when we're in a, a meeting like tonight, when it's just us, you know, like I said, there might be a visitor come in, might not, but probably not. It's just the believers. This is a believers meeting. And, you know, Sunday nights, excuse me, we can have a, a more of a demonstration of the spirit than we typically have on Sunday mornings. Because you want to be, now we want the spirit to move all the time. He's free to do whatever he wants to do. But some things that the spirit would, would do would be more appropriate on a Sunday night than in a Sunday morning uh, just because people are here and they might not understand all of the works of the spirit. Now, that's not to say that we're going to quench the spirit on Sunday morning. We're not going to do that. And so anything he wants to do, he can do. But all I'm saying is, generally speaking, the Holy Spirit himself knows what is more appropriate in one service than in another, and he'll lead us that way. But we need to have times where uh, we come together like this, and you need to bring things with you. Amen. Every one of you. Now, every one of you is, you know, if everybody comes and, and, and you have a tongue, you know, a message in tongues. Well, you're not all going to be able to give it because it said two or three. Isn't that right? Let, it, let one person interpret each one. It could be one person interpreting all three or it could, be, could mean you know, one a separate person, one person, a separate one, uh, interpreting each one. I'm not really sure what it means. I, I think that uh, either way would work. But there's order in the service. And uh, somebody has a, a revelation. Somebody might have a word of knowledge. You know, I, 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 I sense tonight that, that uh, there, there's someone here with a particular kind of need that, that needs prayer. And, and, uh, and I just have a sense, I just have a witness of my spirit, a leading of my spirit that, that, that that's the case. And so you can, you can offer that up and people can come forward and be prayed for. The reason sometimes we don't have all of the move of the spirit as we'd like is because there's not enough people moving in the spirit. See, when, when the responsibility is on one or two people, and God has ordained that it be spread out over the whole church, you can see then that the one or two people are not gonna, they're just not gonna have it. The Spirit's not gonna move that way. He's not gonna do everything through one or two that he'd do through the whole church. Amen. We're all part of this. Amen. And that's a nicely populated section over there, isn't it? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, what's wrong with you folks? <laughs> And so uh, I said that to, to encourage you to, uh, that we need believers meetings where believers bring what they have from the Lord. That night, I had that two days, or at least a day, a day or two before that service, I had exactly the Spirit of God. I, and just in prayer, I just was burdened with that and the Lord gave me that and I knew I was supposed to share that on Wednesday night, even though I knew that wasn't common. And, that, and people didn't just up, get up and share things without being invited to. 
Uh, and yet the Spirit of God gave it to me. And when I did it, then the pastor very quickly uh, witnessed that this is God and he was in agreement because it was a good word uh, of edification. I didn't say anything that the pastor would have had a problem with. Anytime you get up and encourage the church to be a better church, the pastor's going to go along with it. Amen. And encourage people to do better and, and pull together and so forth. The pastor's always going to say amen to that. Amen. So, uh, this is what we need. Amen. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.